What gets in the way of self-trust is self-abandonment, chronically going against yourself. Over time, the habit of self-abandonment results in a lack of self-trust, which then bleeds over into your ability to trust other people in your life. So if you frequently struggle to believe that other people actually care about you, or you aren't sure if others have your best interests at heart, recognize that this can be a function of projection and that you might be the one who isn't caring about you or having your best interests at heart. Welcome to Is This All There Is? The podcast for high-achieving women who have checked all the boxes and are left feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and stuck. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ryan Fear, and in each episode, we'll use principles of cognitive psychology, feminist theory, and expert mindset coaching to help you build the confidence and clarity you need to accomplish whatever it is you want, even if you don't yet know what that is. Hey everybody, how is it going? Welcome to Is This All There Is? Episode 20. Full disclosure with you, I'm having a super frustrating technology day. I don't know if there is something in astrology that's like, don't use technology today. But really, like, (laughs) everything's falling apart. But that's okay, because I'm here and I'm recording this podcast for you. I actually just spent the better part of an hour recording a workshop on overwhelm using a new video editing software, and it didn't record. So I'm, I'm having a, a pity party for myself. Welcome to my pity party. I hope you're having a better day. Hey, today we're going to talk about self-trust, because even though I had a frustrating experience trying to record this workshop on overwhelm, I still trust myself that I'll get it done in the future. So I have noticed over the years of coaching high-achieving women, and I always feel like using, like I need to use the caveat because most of my clients wouldn't call themselves high-achieving, and I have a feeling that a lot of you are in that camp where you've done a lot of cool things with your life, but you're like, no, I haven't achieved enough. I'm not high-achieving. And I get it, but trust me, you're (laughs) high-achieving. If you want to improve your life, if you've done some things in your life, you're probably high achieving. But anyway, I digress. What I've noticed is anything that clients come to me with that they think is a problem really boils down to a lack of self-trust. So today's in today's podcast, we're going to get into what exactly is self-trust? How do you know if you are lacking self-trust? And how do you um, build more self-trust. And just for fun, I created a how is your self-trust quiz, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes, because taking quizzes is super fun, and probably more fun than a lot of the things you have on your to-do list for today. (laughs) I'm just guessing. Okay, so first and foremost, what is self-trust? So I define self-trust as having your own back at all times. So what I mean by that is you have the deep knowledge that no matter what happens in your life, you're going to be okay. And if you make a mistake, you're not going to beat yourself up. See where I'm going with this? It's the opposite of self-abandonment because self-abandonment is where you people please 
And you, like, for example, I think of if someone else has a different opinion than you and you just agree with them because you don't want to upset them, that's abandoning yourself. Self-abandonment is also not keeping plans with yourself. Like, say you want to go to a really cool class at your gym, and then it turns out that a coworker needs help with something, so you don't go to the class. That's abandoning yourself. So, so many of my clients come to me wanting to have more self-confidence. They want to develop leadership skills. They want to be able to do more of what they want with their lives rather than doing what everybody else wants them to do. And each of those things really comes down to self-trust, having your own back, being able to be confident in making decisions. So what gets in the way of self-trust is self-abandonment, chronically going against yourself. Over time, the habit of self-abandonment results in a lack of self-trust, which then bleeds over into your ability to trust other people in your life. So if you frequently struggle to believe that other people actually care about you, or you aren't sure if others have your best interests at heart, recognize that this can be a function of projection and that you might be the one who isn't caring about you or having your best interests at heart. Be kind to yourself, and it will be that much easier to trust the kindness in others. And I always think it's kind of um, pithy or a cliche to say, like, just self-compassion is the answer. Be nice to yourself. But it's also true. Like, the nicer you can be to yourself, the better your life is. Trust me on this one. I used to be a professional self-beater upper, and my life is so much better now that I just refuse to do that. Caveat, I still have a human brain, and it still likes to go there, but I'm much better able to control it because I know how to manage my thinking. So... There are two root issues that get in the way of self-trust. The first is if our truth was made wrong by family, friends, culture, society, or peer group around us. And this is especially difficult for people who are socialized as women. And I feel like I'm always saying this, but it's true. If you grew up as a girl you probably were told that you need to be quiet. You need to not be too much. You need to not take up too much space. And you probably weren't told this in direct messages, but that's the implicit message that we receive growing up. We're supposed to be good girls. We're not supposed to make too much noise. We're not supposed to upset other people. We're not supposed to rock the boat. And so we learn to minimize ourselves and to look to other people for how we should behave. Also, women aren't taught to trust their own instincts. We're taught to ask everybody else what we should do, right? We, so I've been part of a a business group that (laughs) I'm always like, how much backstory do you need? You probably don't need that much backstory, but it's an advanced feminist business group of a group of coaches. And we've all done the advanced certification in feminist coaching. And we have a joke about what would Chad do. And the idea is that, you know, when women need to make decisions, we tend to pull a group of friends, ask people that we care about. And if you're a, if you're Chad, (laughs) if you're a heterosexual cisgender, um, 
able-bodied white dude, you just do stuff, right? You don't consult your panel of judges. You just do stuff. And so the joke is, what would Chad do whenever we come with a question about our businesses? Because Chad has self-trust, right? Chad is a mythical creature, but he's also not. Chad hasn't been socialized to ask everybody else what he should do. The other challenge to self-trust is we just get in the habit of going against whatever our hearts have to say to us. We tend to do what we think everybody else wants us to do. We pick the career that our parents wanted us to do. Or we, I was trying to think of another example, but we tend to go against what we most want in favor of what we think is more practical. I have so many clients who, when I ask them what they really want to be doing with their lives, they're either able to tell me specifically, and then they give me a laundry list of all the reasons why they can't do that thing, or they've spent a lifetime telling themselves they can't have what they want, and then they don't even let themselves go there to talk about it. So it's really hard to trust yourself when you know that you want something, but you have gone against yourself your whole life. This is also part of our tricky socialization because we're taught to put everybody else first. And over decades of putting everybody else first, we lose touch with our own voices and our own needs and desires. So self-trust can be built back up again by rekindling our relationship to ourselves and really treating ourselves as if we matter. So there are a couple of different ways that you can build self-trust back up. And these are different than a lot of the conventional wisdom about self-trust. If you Google, how do I build self-trust? Most of the articles are like, spend time with yourself, be quiet, listen to yourself, which I think is great. Like, I think it's really important to journal and to meditate and to really get to know ourselves. But for those of you that are looking for really practical hands-on guidance, here's how I help my clients build self-trust. So if self-abandonment um, erodes self-trust, the first thing you need to do is to rebuild a relationship with yourself. So what I mean by that is I want you to think about your relationships with your friends. And if you've ever had a friend, if you've had, let's say, dinner plans with a friend, and your friend cancels at the last minute. Usually you'll have some thoughts and feelings about that, but if the friend doesn't do that often, you will get over it. But imagine 75% of the time you have plans with your friend, they cancel at the last minute. Over time, you would trust that friend less and it would erode the relationship. So one of the ways to build self-trust is to keep and honor commitments to yourself. So what I mean by that is if you want to go to a yoga class and you put it on your calendar and then the time comes up to leave for the class and let's say like your kid can't find her soccer cleats, do you stay home, put your own desires aside and help your kid find her soccer cleats or do you ask your partner to help and still keep that commitment to yourself? Or if you're going to go out with a friend and your boss needs something at the last minute, do you keep the commitment to yourself or do you abandon yourself and help your boss? So 
The key is to make small commitments to yourself at first, and I'll talk about more about that in a second, and then honor those commitments. So I have a client who wants to work towards only working four days a week. She rents her own business, she has employees, but she's done this business for decades and she has a very ingrained belief that if she's not physically there, things will go south. So I'm not going to tell her to start taking entire Fridays off immediately because that would make her brain explode. It would put her brain into the danger zone. So we want to start with micro-commitments. Her first micro-commitment, since she wants to start taking Fridays off, is next Friday she's scheduled a facial for herself. She's going to leave the office, go get her facial, and then prove to herself and her brain that she can be away from the office and things can be okay. So if you've spent a lifetime of abandoning yourself and not honoring commitments to yourself, I don't want you to start off being like, I'm going to do, like I'm going to go to the gym three days a week and then I'm going to meet up with friends for girls night every Saturday because you're not going to be able to keep those commitments. I want you to start small. So what's one small thing you would like to do in the next week that you can put on the calendar and then actually go do? I want you to think too about your brain is probably going to protest you doing this thing. If you're not accustomed to taking time to yourself, your brain's going to have some thoughts and give you some thoughts about why you shouldn't do it, why it's selfish, all the things. This is what we're working through. So any thought you have, I just want to remind you, All of our thoughts are optional. None of our thoughts are the truth. So let's say you want to have a facial. You schedule the facial and then it's time to go and your kid needs you, right? That's always a hard one for my clients. Your kid needs you. Your brain's going to say, if you go to the facial, you're going to be selfish. Who goes to get a facial when your kid needs you? All of the things. I want you to do the risky thing Know that your kid's going to be okay. I mean, granted, like if they have a broken arm or have to go to the emergency room, reschedule your plans. But more often than not, this is something that somebody else can help with or your child can figure out themselves and it's actually better for them. And aside, I had a client who her kids are teenagers and she was telling herself that she couldn't go to the gym after work because her kids needed her. And then she realized, maybe my kids don't actually want me around all the time. Like maybe they're okay by themselves. And so she had a conversation with them and where she said, I'd really like to go to the gym two days a week after work, but I also want to be here for you guys. And the kids, of course, were like, we probably won't even be home anyway. We're fine. So we make up these narratives about why we can't do what we want to do, and then we believe them. So anyway, back to what you're going to do is you're going to think of something in the next week, a micro commitment to yourself. So don't tell yourself you're going to take yourself to the beach for the weekend or whatever, unless you're absolutely able to make that happen. Start small. And then you're going to carry it out, no matter what your brain says. Your brain's probably going to tell you you're selfish, because that's how we're conditioned, is that if you're a woman and you take time for yourself, you're selfish, especially if somebody else needs you. But this is a muscle that we're building, right? You're building the muscle of recognizing that not all of your thoughts are true. 
and that you can do hard things and feel uncomfortable and it's okay. We tend to think that if we feel some discomfort, something's gone wrong. This is why so many of us don't move forward with our goals and our dreams because the currency of our dreams is discomfort. It feels uncomfortable to grow into the next version of yourself. It feels uncomfortable to go after what we want. It can feel uncomfortable to book a massage and then actually leave and go get that massage. That doesn't mean anything's gone wrong. You're training your brain in a new way of being. Okay, so that's the first way to develop self-trust. Make and honor commitments to yourself. If the micro-commitment goes well, feel free to add another micro-commitment. If it doesn't go well, ask yourself why. Ask yourself, what was I thinking? What story was I telling myself that made it so I couldn't honor this commitment to myself? It's like you're trying to woo yourself. (laughs) You're trying to really impress yourself like you would a new friend or a partner. So honor commitments to yourself. Okay, the second tip, I brought it up at the beginning of the podcast, is to have your own back no matter what. Because imagine if you had a friend You may have had a friend like this at some point in your life. Hopefully you still don't. But imagine you have a friend who everything you do, your friend is super critical of. Let's say you run a meeting for your department. And after the meeting, your friend is like, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you couldn't answer Joe's question. You're just so dumb. Everybody is going to know that you don't know what you're doing. Right? If you had a friend like that, you would not stay friends with this person. Nor would you speak to another person like that. But we talk to ourselves like that every single day. And so if you had a friend who said those things to you, you would not trust that friend, right? This is part of the reason we don't trust ourselves because we're afraid we're going to beat ourselves up at every moment. If you're afraid you're going to beat yourself up, you're not going to trust yourself. That's part of the anxiety we feel going into experiences. Like that example of going into a meeting. If you... Don't trust yourself to have your own back at the end of the meeting, no matter what, you're going to feel super anxious, not because of anything that happens in the meeting, but because you're afraid you're going to beat yourself up. You're afraid of what you're going to say to yourself after the meeting and the discomfort you're going to feel. I'm going to say that again because it's super important. So for any experience you have, I'm using the example of leading a meeting, the anxiety you feel before the meeting isn't because you're afraid you won't be able to answer anyone's question or people are going to find out that you don't know what you're talking about, all of these fears that we have. You're afraid that you're going to think a nasty thought about yourself after the meeting or during the meeting, either way. And then you're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel shame, disappointment, maybe some anger. This is really all that we fear in life is an emotion that we don't want to feel. But if you commit yourself to having your own back and being kind to yourself at the end of the meeting, like let's imagine that you can't answer somebody's question. This is like one of my client's biggest fears. And let's imagine that you can't answer somebody's question. At the end of the meeting, you can be nice to yourself about it. You don't have to beat yourself up. I know some of you are thinking, but if I don't beat myself up, then I'm just going to sit on the couch all day eating pretzels and watching Netflix. That's not true. You don't have to have the drill sergeant running the show. In fact, you'll probably accomplish a lot more without the drill sergeant, which is a topic for another day. (laughs) If you can commit to being kind to yourself no matter what and having your own back, you're going to trust yourself so much more. 
So why is it important to trust yourself? There are so many reasons. The first reason is your mental health. Because if you can't trust yourself to figure things out and to be kind to yourself, you're going to feel a lot more anxious throughout your days. You might also feel depressed because if you have the inner critic beating you up all the time, that's depressing. Lack of self-trust makes it hard for you to make decisions. If you've noticed that you have a hard time making decisions, you worry about regret, that tells me that you don't have a high level of self-trust. If you did trust yourself to make the right decision and not beat yourself up for any consequences the decision brings, that would be having a high level of self-trust. It's also a lot easier to interact with other people when you trust yourself. If you have social anxiety, for example, that's a symptom of lack of self-trust and that you are afraid of what you're going to say or not say and that it's going to be awkward. But if you trust yourself that you'll be nice to yourself no matter what, that reduces social anxiety so much more. Okay, so wrapping it up. Self-trust, super important. It's a cornerstone of self-confidence. It's the opposite of self-abandonment. It can be really hard if you were socialized as female to trust yourself because we're not taught to trust ourselves. We're taught to trust everybody else. And making and honoring commitments to yourself as well as committing to not beating yourself up no matter what are amazing ways to build self-trust. So if you are interested in building self-trust, building confidence, working with your brain to get more of what you want from life and less of what you don't, I would encourage you to check out the Mindset Gym. It's my six-week program for people who are ready to stop feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and anxious, and instead create life on their own terms, a life that feels good instead. I'll put a link in the show notes for you to check it out, and I hope to see you in there. If you found this podcast helpful, head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Go ahead and send it to a friend while you're at it. Thank you. My mission in life is to liberate women from the limiting beliefs that are holding them back from living their fullest, most joyful lives. If you'd like to learn more about my work, check out my website at www.amandaryanfear.com, where you can find links to join my free private Facebook group and to learn more about working with me.